After Dark with your host, Brandon A. Lane. Welcome again to another episode of Rants After Dark. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and joining me tonight is the OG of the POD. You know him, you love him. Praise the Lord! It's Fat Fuck Scott. Motherfucker. <laughs> Catch me off guard. I'm happy to be back. I'm excited for this episode. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Now, for the month of June, we're going old school and bringing you not one, but two watch-along commentaries, the first of which being the episode you're listening to right now, the Splatter Comedy Classic Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Now, this is sort of a a proper send-off, at least uh, for for the time being for you. You're heading up up north to... The great brown north, not white. ...of of Ohio. Um, But I I gave you two options, and uh, fuck it. We're going to do both of them. I'm so so excited. We're doing Evil Dead 2 today, and then later on the month, we'll have Army of Darkness, and that will complete our, uh, you know, Evil Evil Dead trilogy. Unless we want to start reviewing the episodes. Well, that show's awesome. That wouldn't wouldn't break my heart to do that. Now, we invite all of you out there in the Rant Army to pop in your DVD, Blu-ray, VHS, Laserdisc, or digital copy. We're actually watching it on Shudder right now. It's currently available, so at the time of this release, uh, maybe if you just want things of simplicity, pop uh, on Shudder, give them some money, and... And enjoy one it's of the worth it. one of the greatest splatter films of all time. Um, you're going to uh, pause the movie at the black screen right before the Rosebud logo, and when we do a countdown uh, and we say hit play, what are you going to do? Hit play. Exactly. Just remember, you don't have to watch the movie with us. You, you get, get to, to watch, watch the, the movie, movie with, with us. us. So let's let's hit the ground running. In three, two, one, play. play. Rosebud. All right. Now, before we get into the technical aspects, we got to talk about the biggest misconception of Evil Dead 2. Now, Evil Dead 1 makes a huge splash on VHS, but it flew under the mainstream radar. However, legendary horror author Stephen King was such a huge film, uh, a fan of the film that he convinced uh, producer Dino De Laurentiis over dinner to have his production company finance mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2. This is around the time they were making what? Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. The what? best movie about killer vehicles ever. With that, Green Goblin involved. And ACDC. Is, is it the greatest movie about killer vehicles ever? Because <laughs> there's also trucks... Well, and there's the car. And and the soda machine hits a dude in the balls. I remember that. I take that back. You you win. You oh, win. Yeah, yeah. You win. That's it's about a meteorite, dude. That's the, yeah, and that's what and that <laughs> fuck science. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's 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 amazing to think that they were unable to acquire the rights to the original film to show a recap at the at the very beginning of Evil Dead 2. So the decision was made to shoot a truncated recap of the events of the first film. This decision has confused moviegoers for the yeah. past 35 years. So my first question to you, is Evil Dead 2 a remake or is it a sequel? Yes. <laughs> Perfect answer. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Um, so it's a short, sweet retelling, mopping up some of the extra dead bodies, and then we... Uh, we're going to get around to what they originally intended the sequel was going to be. But. Well, so technically, Evil Dead 2 doesn't really begin uh-huh. until you have the force like shooting through the cabin and pushing Bruce Campbell hilariously tilt a whirl. You know, uh-huh. some great acting during that. 
um, which we're going to see here a little little on. What do you what do you prefer in in terms of like do you do you think like th- that this this opening like does justice to the first movie or or did it need it's did it need totally separate films I mean I I get why they did it and everything and it's 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 a loose retelling but at the same time the first movie's not what this movie is well tonal, uh, well, tonal we'll get into the tonal differences. But I mean, I guess what I'm asking is like, do you do you think that it would have been beneficial, at the very least, for streamlining the continuity of having the original footage, or does the movie benefit from it sort of all matching because it was shot at the same time and having this shorter introduction to previous events? I like this intro. I want to keep this intro. If they, I, I don't think this movie would have been the same if they would have gotten access to that earlier footage. Well, Bruce Campbell has a considerable less monobrow. Oh yeah, in, in this movie, so it was actively working out with a bodybuilder this time. He's, yeah, you can tell later and on. There's parts, and he said something in this book that they, they shot it out of sequence. So there's like parts where he's really ripped, and then the next thing he's really skinny again. But I. I don't know. I I kind of I can see it both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the for the sake of continuity, like it really hurts all of the movies because yeah. they're sort of dejected from one another. Uh, shout out to a, a gentleman by the name of Roy Dan who has done something that I have wanted to do for years. He took all three films and edited them together to make a singular narrative. It's it's so okay. good. I highly, I highly recommend it. He has a, a Facebook group called MOD. Uh, it's made on. Uh, oh, what does that stand for? Made on demand. I don't know why that to me. Movies on demand. Okay. Movies, movies on demand. Made on demand. Um, so it this allows uh, some things, you know, fan edits and some things that have never been released physically to be produced. Um, you could probably argue maybe the legality is a little. On the uh, shady side, but uh-huh. for those of you who are physical media collectors, um, the, this is probably as close to a streamlined continuity as you're going to get, and it's all over the place. I think right now would be a uh, a good time for us to have our inaugural shot, and we're gonna we're gonna do a shot to just for the the sake of fact that we're 35 years. Uh, after the fact of this uh, this monumental sequel, I mean, debatably one of the most loved sequels of all time. Yep. Oh my god, this is Sailor Jerry. Yes, it is. It's like, what, 100 proof or something like that? The, there you go. The, the first uh, liquor I ever had was Sailor Jerry's, and it was my grandfather's, and it made me never want to have liquor again. Well, you can thank Brie for this. My first liquor was Rock and Rye, Ugh. and that is way worse. Alright, well, uh, two Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Better than the vodka that Fat, Fat Tony and I yeah, use. Yeah, it is. So, Evil Dead 2 was released released March 13th, 1987. This year is the 35th anniversary, and we're coming at this uh, a few months after, you know, the day-to-month anniversary. Yeah. But, you know, this is a year-long festival, and we'll actually talk about what's going on uh, with Evil Dead this, this year that is, you know... Uh, just a bunch of stuff Evil Dead related coming out this year. The game! 
Um, this was produced on an estimated budget of $3,600,000. Every penny of that is on this screen. Yes, it is. Ah. Now, the the original <laughs> film was so low budget, and it was produced over a period of time. So it's like seven years or something like that? Like, they got a bunch of financial backers and... Oh, and, uh, yeah. Beg, borrowed, and steal everything on they could. Sam Raimi, like, uh, maxed his credit cards out. He took, borrowed money, money from his parents. And he leveraged, basically, his entire life to yep. make that movie. And it paid off in, in the long run. And we'll talk more about, you know, his, his success uh, continuing <laughs> on. But I want to point out right now, you just saw a shot of the moon that is uh, an actual shot of the moon. It's not uh, superimposed in the shot like in the mm-hmm. in the first movie. So there's a lot of in- visual improvements. But even the sound of the evil in this version was, I think, they, it was Sam Raimi's voice and Orson Welles yeah, that, that, uh, broadcasting. To, to, to make it uh, to make that sound, yeah. So, here, ba- so here's the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and what a fucking They strapped beginning. him to basically a crucifix on a crane and spun him. And Sam loves to torture Bruce, so he uh, did it repeatedly. You can tell that these guys are... Enormous Three Stooges fans, Bruce and Ted, but because die for this film, because poor Bruce, <laughs> poor Bruce gets the shit kicked out of him. You know, it, he he takes a mo ass whooping pretty yeah, much throughout, throughout the course of this movie. I mean, they they use the term shimping all the time when something's over the top. And uh, if you ever get a chance to read uh, Bruce's books, uh, if Chimps Could Kill, the first one, it talks a lot about do, this. Do you do you know uh, what the term fake shimp means? Uh, yeah, it's where they have a stand-in of a different actor standing in for somebody. But you know why they call it that? Because of Three Stooges. Yes, but specifically, um, so, uh, Curly had a, uh, an incident and he was unable to perform, so they brought in Shimp. Well, Shimp also got fucked up and, and couldn't perform, so... Slapstick hurts, guys. Well, this was... Probably unrelated, Drugs. unrelated to that. Yeah. No, just uh, cardiovascular events gotcha. and you know, oh, well. that, that kind Might of stuff. Take care of yourself. But um, basically, they would take existing footage that would show Shimp from the front, and then they would get someone who looked like him from behind to basically finish yeah. scenes, and that's called fake Shimp. And they did that. They had for they Evil Dead One. They had to do lot. that because uh, people because they were they were traveling down to Tennessee, and then you know they couldn't go back and forth. So when they finished the movie, it's like, well, uh, you're you're the back of this character now. So many people have stand-ins, insane. So what do you what do you think this movie uh, did gross-wise? Oh. God, uh, worldwide, worldwide gross, not including twelve video. million. N- nope, made five million nine hundred twenty-four thousand four hundred twenty-one dollars. But these movies aren't about what you bring uh, in the box uh, office; it's uh, about VHS sales. Well, we'll we'll touch on that in in just a bit. VHS sales were not the Classic. the uh, hill to die on quite at this point. It certainly it certainly helped uh, because by this point most people had VCRs mm-hmm. and but you, you still got to think man VHS tapes were still like in the thirty to fifty dollar yeah. range so if, rental stores helped 
But as far as like physically owning things, we were still a while away from people having like their own well, public the library. Like, when this movie got big, it was along the same time as the the nine or seventy percent of American homes have a VCR now thing. So maybe think of the third film around that time. Well, yeah. well, I mean this this movie got really really popular in being reshown on HBO and Cinemax yep. uh, like ad nauseum because this was just a. A movie they could pretty much throw on any time, and people are going to watch it just out of the sheer. Do wonderment. you know whose eyes those are? Uh, Whenever that happens, because it's actually somebody like it's real eyes. That's the eyes of Laura Mars. It's not. I just said that. Okay. I was, wait. What? <laughs> the movie, classic. The, the movie, the eyes of Laura Mars. You've never seen that? No, I have not. It's one. Uh, John Carpenter didn't direct it, but he wrote it. it it's a pretty good movie. It says like a I'll suspense thriller. I got a bunch of movies on my backlog, man. I was talking about Nighthawks a couple minutes ago. So you, you want to talk about it? You want to talk about the significance of the car? Uh, the classic. Yeah, there. I think um, Sam Raimi owns like seven of them, but there's only one that's OG. And the way to tell is if it's the real one, it has white interior. That's the only way to tell. So if you see one in flashbacks or they're getting wrecked, it doesn't have the white interior, then you know it wasn't real. <laughs> and believe me, Bruce over the years has tried to destroy this car. We'll talk more about that in part three, but yeah, he has done his damnedest to try and get rid of it. But it's been in every single one of his films, all the Spider-Man films he made. Uh, I mean, I'm blanking Dark on... Darkman. I'm trying to think of the... Uh, he made a, a Western, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but supposedly... From... Uh, uh, oh, God, from not from Dust of Dawn. Um, not High Noon. Oh, God, has Leonardo DiCaprio, Gene Hackman? The Quick of the Dead. Yes, Quick of the Dead. Um... But supposedly they built a, a wagon around it mm-hmm. just just so technically it would be on set. There's a part here I'm trying to watch out for. I know it's around the scene where the bridge is, but like where he's starting to get smacked with sticks or something here in a minute. Those were actually Sam Raimi holding a bunch of sticks just, just beating, beating the, the hell the out of, of Bruce Campbell. I love I love this tracking shot. Mm-hmm. It, it it says such an energy to it and. You know, something you don't really see in a lot of horror films is car chases. Nope. So, I mean, this is not the French Connection levels of, you know. That right here. That's where they're smacking it. He's actually shoving it through into the thing to smack Bruce in the face. They, I think they retook it like 12 times just because Sam was like, oh, we didn't get you really. And he's like, yeah, you did. He's like, no, the camera didn't catch it. So he kept smacking him. Inventive shots. I love it. And that's that's what makes the, the movie so interesting. Really, all of Sam Raimi's movies. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the way that he uses the environment to tell a story. And a lot of horror films God. have to be done economically because you're on a budget. And even more importantly, you have a time constraint. And he always took the time to, like, give every shot sort of a personality. And... Like I was saying, the the car chase. I mean, it's it's not like an immense thing. It's not over the top like bullet or anything, you know. Yeah, but but, but just the fact that it's in this movie gives it a dimension that other movies of the time in the horror genre didn't have. Everything about the Evil Dead films, all three of them, are there's just some kind of magic to them. Or even if you don't like horror, you can watch these films and find something to like in them because um, they're just so damn inventive. Like. Um, in the first movie, the side-to-side shots they would take, they'd use that, like, KY jelly, and they put the damn camera on a board and just slid it side-to-side. Yep. That is... Hey, you, you use the money you got. 
And you get inventive if you don't have that money. Well, and that's what they did. And all these movies show that. The old adage is that necessity is the mother of, of invention. invention. Yeah. And eventually, I think the amount of money you throw into a movie is only going to hinder creativity. Because if you can do anything, you're really doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But I think he, for the most part, and I'll, I'll talk about specifically one of his films that I'm not a fan of, but for the most part... I think that he's utilized the budgets of his films adequately in a way that makes them feel special and not just cookie-cutter, mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill Hollywood films. Now, Evil Dead 2 basically broke even, and a large reason for that is uh, because, well, unfortunately, it was released unrated. Yeah. And do you know why it was released unrated? That's the knowledge is there. We go ahead and tell me for the for the audience. So the initial the initial plan was was to attempt to get an R rating, mm-hmm. and they made great pains to do so. The blood being different colors. Blood being and... different colors. Unfortunately, when they submitted it to the MPAA, it still got an X rating, which is what they wanted absolutely to <sighs> avoid. So. Rather than edit the film down, because at that point, it would have been, it wouldn't even, not content, it would have been time mm-hmm. that they would have, it, it would have been not long enough for theatrical con- No, it probably would have been an hour, I think is what they said. So it, it would not have been long enough to, to show in theaters, which is like a minimum of like, I think, 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. But this made them release it unrated. Um, back then, releasing a film unrated almost ensured your film would not be seen because most theater chains wouldn't show it. And periodicals like magazines and newspapers, they wouldn't advertise it because it was yeah. lewd. It was lewd. Um, therefore, we have the very beginning of the movie. The first thing you see is the, the Rosebud. Rosebud Production Company. This was created because uh, Dino De Laurentiis couldn't he couldn't release an unrated film, mm-hmm. so they had to create this shell uh, pr- production company so they could get Robert Tappert's idea to create. Offhand, we're going to go with the Rosebud Corporation, and so but, they just ran with that. But that ties back into mm-hmm. uh, Orson Welles' voice being... Which, if it's true, which, I mean, there's no reason not to believe what they said. That's totally... If you listen, there's Orson Welles there in that sound. This will be the last time he um, really showed up on film? Yeah. And right before this, it would have been Transformers the movie. Yep. <laughs> what, a, what a legacy. Jump right there, yeah. You know... Uh, one of the one of the greatest uh, actors and filmmakers of all time, Evil Dead Two, Transformers the movie, um, <laughs> Citizen Kane. You know what is this movie called? Like I have a, a note written down for my own amusement later, like just the highlights, guys. You know we do this. Um, the movies in Germany are called like Dance with the Dead or Dances with the Devil or something like yeah. that. And yet, this movie is the only one that actually has a dance scene in it. Yeah. So, why would that be called that in the first movie? Do you know why? Uh, I don't. Um, because because Germany loves I David Hasselhoff. Okay. That's that's a Norm McDonald McDonald joke, and yep. uh, I I don't have any I don't have a real answer, but okay. that one that will have to do close enough for me. All right, it works. Um, if Evil Dead Two had been cut to an R and had a wide release, if there was some way that they could have made it, do you think this movie would have been a bigger hit with mainstream fans as we're seeing a claymation naked headless body <laughs> dance? I, um, this movie came out in the 80s. 
this is the only decade I think this movie could have came out in. And it's perfect for what it is. I don't, I'm glad they released it unrated because if they're having to cut any, any chance of this, like I know there's a scene that like, there was like 30 extra minutes of footage that just got lost. And then somehow ended up showing up on the internet one time, but yeah, it was there, really bad quality. There, there is a, what they call an assembly mm-hmm. cut. Um, it, it's like, 240p. It's really, it's really, bad, bad. really, really low quality. Um, a lot of it is <laughs> probably shit that like didn't need to be in the movie. Blood coming out the mouth, gurgling, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, it's just I, little cuts they made. It's, it's not, it's not this movie. It's not often that I will call Sam controlled the hands. Uh, it's, it's not often that I'll call a movie perfect, but this movie is is as close yeah. to perfect as as you could expect from a sequel to. Would a, you say this is the greatest horror slash comedy? Let's let's perfect balance. Let's table that discussion for a little later okay. on. I want to um, think. What do you think the IMDb rating is for Evil Dead Two? Is that out of ten or is that a hundred? Out of ten. 8.6? 7. 7.7. 7. Ah! They're wrong. However. I tried. A little more favorable, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 95% fresh. God damn right it does. Now, what do you think the audience score is on Rotten Tomatoes? 97%. 89%. What the fuck, people? This is the the one time where critics gave it a higher score than That is absolutely insane. The fan I mean, base. That's... This this right here is some of the greatest physical com- comedic acting in a, in a movie uh, ever. Oh. Beating a, a head that's biting your hand with a book. You this, oh, this is so very good. this is very much like Reanimator where Jeffrey mm-hmm. Combs is fighting the with fucking the cat. cat. That's my favorite scene in that movie. That and seeing Arnold stunt double's penis. That dude, <laughs> Jesus. That's what he she was said. liking. Oh. Okay. No, it's not the same. Damn. <laughs> I, it's, All right. We just want you to run and bust ass, and he just goes for it. I think he gave it his all in every scene because he knew if he didn't, then Sam was going to keep making him do it anyway. But he kind of had to know in the back of his head, Sam's going to make you keep doing this anyway. All right. We have Freddy Krueger's glove yep. above the door frame right there. Do you understand the significance of that? Yeah, they had a back and forth, I think, in the first movie of The Hills Have Eyes, torn poster. Well, you gotta you gotta go back before that. Um, in, in, in the hills have eyes, there is a torn Jaws poster. That yeah. And when they made Evil Dead, there is a torn uh, Hills Have Eyes poster. Where's the chainsaw? Because the <laughs> sorry, big up to K and B because the, these yep. effects are fucking phenomenal. Um, you got. I mean, this oh, geez, all, there's all, so much going on at one time. All stars in terms of like makeup, uh, Nicotero, Burger, um, or did did Nicotero work on this? Yes, he did. And it was Burger and Howard Burger, uh, Nick Nicotero both worked on it. And uh, um, Mark, Kurtzman, uh, Mark Schostrom. That's actually where the glove came from. He was working on DreamWorks at the same time, yeah. and he quote unquote borrowed the glove for a day. It's the actual glove. That's. That's cool. Yeah, right? they but, but the back and forth. So in the original Evil Dead, there's there's a torn Hills Have Eyes poster, and basically it was like, "Hey, we're we're pissed off at you," sort of jokingly that you you think that your Hills Have Eyes movie is bigger mm-hmm. than Jaws, 
but we're going to say our evil dead is bigger than your hills have eyes, which it's Wes so Craven good. took it, you know, in, yeah, in strike. Yeah, it was funny. Because in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, they're watching Evil, evil dead. dead on television, which I can tell you is bullshit because the events of that movie are supposed to take place in 1981 and there's no fucking TV station is showing Evil Dead on TV in 1981. It's a really cool movie. It's It's late at night. You don't know. It's a nice little thing. But then in this movie, we've got the Freddy glove above the door frame. So it's all kind of comes full circle. There's a lot of pay it forward uh um, of oh, props and stuff, stuff which so good. there'll be one in particular. It's like a wink and a nod for everybody that gets it. There's a couple of props in the next movie um, we'll talk about when we get to that that uh, are pay it forward to another uh, famous mm-hmm. slasher franchise. Uh, what do you think Metacritic has Evil Dead 2 at? That's out of 100. Out of 100. Oh, jeez. 83. 72%. Damn it, they suck. Met- Metacritic is always wrong. Yes, they are. That's They're always wrong. You know who's usually right? Google users. And yeah. the rant army. Well, we'll get to that one, but what do you think <laughs> Google, what do you think Google users have it at? 93. Close. 91%. Son of a bitch. At least it's an A. They get the A. Well, let's make trying to figure out how to use both at the same time. Would 91 Fuck be it. an A? Would that not be a B? That's an A. It's like an A minus, and then there's. A and then when I was B a, plus. When I when I was a kid, you had to have ninety two or higher for it to be an A. Oh my god! Shut up. <laughs> Back in your day, Grandpa. I know. However, the only aggregate that matters is the Rant Army review. Right. Two options in our Facebook group: Evil Dead Two Good, Evil Dead Two Bad. What do you think the Rant Army decided? It better be a hundred percent. Goddamn right. Yes, one hundred percent. This, oh. this doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. Um, but everybody is ever. in agreement. They everybody loves this movie. Everybody that counts loves this movie. <sighs> and on Fat Tony's hit list, we have eight dead bodies. Now that's including deadites. And okay. Some people include them. Some people don't. I do. <sighs> so that's the number we're going with. That averages to one kill every ten point five minutes. That's that's pretty pretty balanced in terms of like runtime. <laughs> the slow descent into madness we're about to get. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in this movie, so it's hard to get bored. Yeah, but but if you're if you're somebody who's strictly here for the body count, it's it's paced out enough to where you're going to be satisfied with what you get. This is some great stuff. It, a lot of in it's camera a work and it's a makeup. Yeah. The other ash is not actually there. It's a it's a double. Yeah, and that's just insane to me that that's another person. I mean. All you gotta do is well, at this, it, is, this is this is a composite. You can actually see the screen yep. split, but the the shot right before that, it's like we're getting bad ash versus this, good ash. Right here, you can tell it's not Bruce Campbell. Yep. His chin's not enormous, <laughs> and he's, he's choking himself. This is great stuff. Um, I was talking about this movie at work with a couple of people uh, yesterday, and I used this this section of the movie to explain how I wish something played out in another movie. Have you ever seen Frank Darabont's The Mist? Yes. Good movie, based off a short story mm-hmm. by Stephen King. Um, where that movie doesn't really have... Uh, uh, the movie, or the story doesn't really have an ending. They go off in the mist, you don't know what happens. It has the most dour ending it of all time. the first ending I remember as a child seeing the movie when it first came out, and immediately my jaw dropped, and I was like, that... That's fucked. Oh! Also, fuck you, because I was an adult when that, when that came out. I was like, 
Probably 13, 14. God, fuck you. But Marsha Gay Harden's character, it, in in the story, it's like over the course of time, like her rhetoric sort of like, there's a descent of people mentally mm-hmm. of like them trying to find reason in what's going on. And I said to these, uh, these my coworkers that like, I wished that like Bruce Campbell's descent, that's what I wish was in the mist, maybe not played as as hokey, but that you, hopelessness but, isolation kind of thing. But, but you get, you understand, like why somebody would mm-hmm. like be willing to listen to somebody who's taking charge in a scenario like this because it's, it's just like shit is gone. God wrong. is testing us <laughs> for our sins. All right, Scott. I think now would be a wonderful opportunity for you to read the synopsis. For Evil Dead 2, so we can get into the, the brunt of what the all actual right, story right. is. <clears throat> See if I can carry on being flawless like I always am with these. <clears throat> Ash Williams, played by Bruce Campbell, returns to the cabin in the woods and again unleashes the forces of the dead in Sam Raimi's classic sequel to slash retooling of the Evil Dead, considerably upping the ante from the raw, meaner indie that put the director on the map. Evil Dead 2 is a spooky, splattered blast of pure cinema. Rami's virtuoso vision twirls his love of cinema, terror, and slapstick into simply one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Goddamn right it is. So, I think that would be a good opportunity to talk about Sam Raimi. Obviously, uh, he directed this movie. He did Drag Me to Hell, the Spider-Man Trilogy, Dark Man, all three Evil Dead films, and uh, at the time of this re- where, the, where this will be released, it will be out, but we haven't seen it yet because we're recording this in advance. Doctor Strange, Multiverse, Multiverse of, of Madness. Ah, oh, so so giddy. Real quick before we get into into Sam's directing career, who do you think Bruce Campbell's going to play in the movie? I'm hoping either alternate uh, White Nick Fury or a different Doctor Strange. He he trolled a lot of people on April Fool's. I saw the picture. And, almost and, got me. And he looked he looked great. He looked awesome. But t- for me, it's it has to be White Nick Fury. Like yeah. I can I can see them just doing a a really over the, the eye top. patch, just the slight grays on the side or whatever. Come on. Also, the biggest missed opportunity is going to happen in this movie unless they throw it in during the animated sequence, which they are going to do. They're, it's it's already. Yep. But. You've got Marvel Zombies. You know who's in Marvel Zombies? Ash. Ash. Would that not be... This scene right here was literally entirely improved. Oh, I can fucking tell. It was tell. literally just Sam said, we want you to go in the kitchen, act like your hands zest, and beat the shit out of yourself. And this is what he did. He, he improv all of this. He he does like mime on level of a Marceau, Marcel Marceau God. here. The, the, the front flip that he's known for. Is, is this movie... Oh. Like, just go beat the shit out of yourself. And he's well, I mean, going for it, man. A, a, a lot of this is achieved by cranking mm-hmm. the, uh, the... the Faster. Faster, you know, the footage. But still, it's just... There's a frenetic pace to it. And his facial expressions are, are just wonderful. <laughs> it's all in his eyes. He's knocking himself loopy. <laughs> and then there's the hand dragging him away. Like, stop... <laughs> There's more. There's more uh, character development for this hand. For this hand, yep. than there are in a lot of like modern films with like characters. 
And I, I know people are thinking I'm being facetious there, no. but I'm being I'm being serious. You see the entire birth, growth, and like eventually the death of this hand. He, uh, one of the one of the greatest things it's coming up later on is the 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 uh, Tom and Jerry routine with oh, it God. going into the wall yep. and flipping him off, and it's just comedic geniusness. Um, how old were you when you first saw Evil Dead Two? Twelve. Maybe I saw um, Army Darkness first, and then I was like, "This is confusing. What is this? What is Evil Dead?" Then I didn't because you realize you're being dropped in the middle of something. So I went by Evil Dead one, thinking that went right into it, and that movie was completely different than Part Three, guys. Um, oh, cutting his hand off, iconic that entire scene right here. He he's just going for it, man. But uh, yeah, I went and watched that. But then I, after that, I was like, "Oh God, this is this is not it." And then I went and found it. Like probably the next day, went and found Evil Dead Two and watched it. So it was in that like, within a span of about a month, I saw all three in the complete wrong order. Of Sam Raimi's films, uh, where where do you rank Evil Dead Two? Top three, for sure. I r- real quickly before we expound on some things. I want to talk about uh, something I kind of brought up a little earlier and that's in terms of budget. A lot of a lot of his films, like even like the Spider-Man movies, like they're they're big budget. Yeah. But there's still there's still a lot of inventiveness mm-hmm. to them in the way that they're feeling like uh, the Spider-Man 2 scene where Doc Ox tentacles come to life that's straight that's pretty mm-hmm. much evil dead right there it's here we go one of the best visual gags on film ever he a puts a feral arms <laughs> on top of the fucking thing oh it's amazing sorry sorry yeah. man I'm just keep no, going. You're, you're fine but um he I, I i'll be the first to admit i am not a huge fan of the raimi spider-man movies i i think they're 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 at least two, one two, two. two of them are are well-made movies. They're just... They're, you want to tell your part three Spider-Man McKay's thing? No. I have no, I have no interest in wasting people's time with that nonsense. Oh, my God. That's funny. But I, I I went through a period of sort of being resentful of Sam Raimi because I, I love Spider-Man so much. And, and the films... I've, I've softened to them over time, but I, I saw the first Spider-Man film when I graduated high school. And I waited my entire life for that. Because I, I can remember being a kid and... And getting that issue of Spider-Man that had the live-action Spider-Man on on the cover that was the, from the test shoot of the canon movie that was going to be made, and and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to fucking Spider-Man movie, your Tom and Jerry routine, never fucking happened. But I was so excited for it, and it kind of let me down. That being said, overall his output has been stellar. Mm-hmm. But there's one glaring movie that like it. It, it, it like it genuinely offends me, and that's the uh, Wizard of Oz movie he made, Oz Great and Powerful. <sighs> I I love the original Wizard of Oz, and I know it's not for everybody, but what makes that movie so special is that everything is on screen. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's sets, it's lighting. I think the lights were literally so hot that they had a guy on set to make sure that. Shit wouldn't catch on fire, and uh, there were so many. Like, there's a 
Speaking of Shudder, we are talking about that earlier. There's actually a new episode of Cursed Films. Yep. It's the first episode. I highly recommend you watch it. But it's it's a testament to filmmaking rather than budget. This was the last scene shot in the movie. Well, you know why? Because <laughs> they ruined the entire set you with this one you, scene. You can't you can't go back. You can't <laughs> clean this up. We got one chance, guys. Uh, go this, for it. This is this is Kool Aid Man levels of absurdism. Switching the pink. I fucking oh. love, I love it. The, great stuff. But the Oz great and powerful film that Sam Raimi made, it's so CGI laden. I get like uh, Star Wars prequels vibes yeah. from it, and having someone peck at a computer, we're so jaded, I guess, because of technology. Like, it doesn't impress me. And he could have made the exact same script. In 1987, and by comparison, look a thousand times faker, but I think I would appreciate it more because of the effort it takes to go into a movie. At that time when everybody was like, we got to use CG. CG's the big thing now. It's kind of like how 3D goes in and out of Vogue and shit. I think now we're just not getting to a point where we can have CG and um, practical effects meld and it's perfect. Another classic scene. But let me. But look at this. I wanted to bring this, this up to you. This scene in particular, because we talked about it. You made me watch House one time, and there's a part where it's just like one. That movie's wild. Anybody who hasn't seen House needs to go watch it. But there's like a freakout scene in that where this fish, the giant stuffed yep. fish, yeah, the, the comes Marlin. to life, and it's like, which one came first? Uh, I believe, think I, House. I did. believe House came first. And I want to know. Do you think there was possible like? Not an homage, but maybe, like, he didn't realize he was paying homage to it or something. It very well just could have been parallel thinking. Yeah. Or, I mean, a lot of... You gotta think, like, the effects team, teams back then, it's a pretty narrow field in terms of, like, who works on these type of films. So, I mean, you get a good idea, you put it in your pocket, like, okay, well, I can put that in this movie. Oh, the scene where he's in the kitchen fighting his hand and beating the shit on himself... Um, Scott Spiegel, one of their friends, Sam remembers Campbell's friends from like college or something, came in to help co-direct some days, and the hand over the top slapstickiness came from him because he had done a student film back in college about basically the evil hamburger helper hand <laughs> attacking people, and so he used a lot of those shots from that student film in the scene with the hand. They they had a lot of fun just on set with nonsense. The the crew, it's actually one of the uh, special features on the, the DVD and Blu-ray, but the crew, uh, kind of in the same vein, they made a short film called Evil Dead Baby. Oh, my God. Which I highly recommend. It's just stupid <laughs> nonsense of, you know, uh, you know, a little prosthetic baby doing some, some shenanigans. Uh, the original Evil Dead has its share of comedy, but it's mostly played straightforward. Evil Dead 2 comedy. leans a lot more into the wackiness, so this is the eternal question. It's one I'm sure that we're probably going to beat odds at one another with. Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, which which is the, the superior film? I, as a kid, Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2 all day, and as an adult, I really love the first Evil Dead because of how geniusly creative it is with the things they pulled off with what they had, but I prefer Evil Dead 2 still. I will always 
defend the original film mm-hmm. and but I mean I'm not blind to the fact that Evil Dead 2 in in almost every conceivable way is a better constructed film. Mm-hmm. I think it all comes down to what you're wanting out of it and that and it's a great it's great because they're both comparative to one another in different ways. Oh, I try to think of like which one can I just put on and watch anytime and it'll be this one for me. Um it is the most rewatchable to me. It's kind of like, uh, it's the argument for me, which one do you prefer out of the Fridays? And part six will almost always go on if I'm not thinking about it because it's the most fun, rewatchable one. But, it's but, not my favorite, but it's the most rewatchable one. That, that's fair. I, I, To me, Evil Dead 2 does everything right, but in terms of like what makes an entertaining movie... But if you're looking for a horror film, it, oh the, god, dude! Ugh. I think that's Whatever. one of two scenes where it wasn't Bruce. I really hope that's one of the scenes. I know there's two scenes that it wasn't him. Either either way, whatever they're getting paid, they deserve. Yeah, yeah. But if you're if you're looking for a horror film, the the original Evil Dead. People, I don't think people really understand how important mm-hmm. the original Evil Dead is in terms of the direction that not just horror films would take, but film would take, uh, because it was the it was the first movie, like horror or otherwise, to be a runaway success on VHS, and suddenly, where like you know several years prior, like you could look at. Friday the 13th being a prime mm-hmm. example where a studio said, okay, we can fund this little movie and then we can release it nationally and it's going to make, you know, a hundred percent over its budget mm-hmm. and it'll be, you know, a, a, we'll use this. We'll make 10 of these movies to produce one big movie. You know what I mean? Canon style. But then they realized there was a realization was like, we don't even have to have a studio. We can release yep. this direct to a video store. We don't need ratings. Well, I mean, state by state, there there were changes, you know, changes, and country especially country, country to country. But the name of the rat, you know, the name of the rat. Oh my god! Hold on, it's because its nuts were enormous. Oh my god, I can't, I can't remember it. What is it, Senor Cajones? Senor Cajones, because its its yeah, testicles were, balls. <laughs> were enormous. Poor. Poor little baby Raimi. Oh my god. I'm like, basically... As somebody who's had to wear a full latex cowl and chest piece and all that crap, I sympathize with him so hard for this thing. Ted Raimi... entire film, Ted Raimi is so good. Um, I, I kind of hate that, like... You know, like, he, he got every opportunity because of mm-hmm. who his brother is, but also because of who his brother is, he's tied to his brother. Yep. Like, he, he like uh, Ted Raimi's in Candyman, mm-hmm. which, you know, Sam has nothing to do with, but it's such a small role and it's like, no, I want to, I want to see, I want to see this guy do, I want to see a great actor. I want to see his he own, really his own wacky adventures, you know? <laughs> the Applehead thing. God, so, so great. Uh, um, is Evil? You brought this up a little earlier. Is Evil Dead Two the greatest horror comedy? I'm not ever made? sure. I mean, that is the first one that comes to mind is Ghostbusters. More 
comedy, but it's 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 like sixty forty comedy horror. This movie, I think it's fifty fifty. The only movie I can think of off the top of my head is Gremlins. Well, you got two films from '84 right there. Oh, shot in reverse, wonderful, yep. love it. The uh, the reason why Dan Hicks was the the hillbilly guy. The only reason he got cast in this film was because when he pulls out his missing teeth, he looks more redneckish. Uh, he, and then he would go on well, to start a lot of Sam Raimi well, films after we'll, this. We'll talk about him uh, in in a few. Let's, Try not to get ahead of you, but let's you know, uh, let's, let's talk some more uh, about just Evil Dead in general. Um, in terms of the budget, Evil Dead Two is a huge step up from the first film. Do you think that the visual aspects of Evil Dead Two make it more appealing to general audiences? Like, like if you were to show somebody a still frame from part one and a still frame from part two, do you think that like general audiences are going to gravitate towards the look of the part two because it looks more like refined? Well, more like a a film you would see in a theater. Because I have conflicting feelings about this in terms of like what what makes something scary. That greedy grindhouse look that's almost like basically part one. I honestly th- think for horror audiences they lean toward more of that, but like for the general audience, part two is just shot better. It's cleaner in some in a lot of ways. Um, this this movie uh, in terms of aperture is like a step darker than a comedy. Like the yeah. way the way visually it looks. If you lighten this up a little bit, I I really think that you could probably put this uh, on, a, on like a matinee, and I, it's so over the top that like the the horror plays more as comedy, even though like the parts that are a little more, you know, intended well, to be. There's people scary. that I know that don't like Evil Dead One just because of how low budget is, like the the claymation, like the worms and stuff, and the bodies are decaying real fast and stuff, and it's like. To them, it looks hokey, and I, I appreciate it because I love horror films and what they had to do to get those effects. But for somebody who doesn't like horror and just wants to watch a movie, they find those scenes hokey. So, for a still, no. For full scenes, yeah, part two is probably what would be better for most people. In my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of people in the world, the reason the Evil Dead series has persisted is because of its star. We've got to just break down Hail to the King, baby. Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams. As we're seeing a, a one of the cornerstone moments of this series. I, I love this. I will say... The, the scene from the first film where this happens and the lady gets possessed after getting stabbed in the ankle with a pencil. Ah! Um, and she does the floating up thing and all that. That scene probably scared me more than this one. Well, but I don't know if you notice it, but in, in high definition, you can totally see the wire yeah. holding him up. It's hidden, yeah. it's hidden pretty well. But, oh man, it I, I, I love this so much. That's obviously oh, so a puppet. <laughs> Eating hair. Yep. It's good stuff. Um, in addition to the Evil Dead trilogy, um, Bruce Campbell was uh, the star of Briscoe County Jr. He was also Love in a show. series called Jack of All Trades. Um, I offhand, I don't, I think Mick may have worked on, uh, our buddy Mick Strom may have worked on Jack of All Trades. I know he worked on a lot of the Xena shows that mm-hmm. uh, 
Um, Rob Rob uh, Rob Tappert is uh, is married to or I don't if he still is he still married was married to uh, Lucy Lawless played Zena. I don't remember. Good, either way, fucking good for him, man. Yeah, she is. Oh yeah, she is. She has aged very well. She she popped up on she had Parks and Rec about a month ago. Yeah, she was on Parks and Rec a few years ago, and uh, as Conrad Thompson would say, and, she was all the way live. Love watching her in Spartacus. <clears throat> she she get naked in that. A lot. Good for her. Good for her. She got the body to, to pull it mm-hmm. off. Did you ever see My Name is Bruce? I did not. It's on my list. My Name is Bruce is sort of like an unofficial Evil Dead film. Mm-hmm. It's like a meta version of it where Bruce Campbell plays a sort of a fictionalized version of himself. And this town has sort of an Evil Dead issue. It's actually like an, an ancient Chinese demon but they they kidnap him because like we'll bring we'll bring him in and he'll take care of the problem and of course you know Bruce Campbell is selfish and doesn't want to you know take care of the situation but ends up having to be the reluctant hero it's it's pretty good I I highly recommend it they were going to do a sequel called um, uh, Bruce versus Frankenstein and unfortunately that never happened I was really looking That's forward a fucking to that crime <laughs> agreed any any canceled Bruce Campbell. Movie is is a crime. Uh, you mentioned it, Bubba Hotep. Um, probably, <laughs> probably his most well known role aside Out from Ash. From Ash, uh, also I don't know, like normal people, maybe his character in Burn Notice because he went on that flight for freaking yeah, ever. That's true. That's also on USA, and who the fuck watches that shit? Wow. Um, but why do you think, as great as he consistently is? Why did Bruce Campbell never become a like a movie star, like an A-list movie star? He has everything that like you could want once he got rid of the monobrow. <laughs> he's got movie star good looks. Yeah. He's a he's a terrific actor. He you could you could easily plop him into a uh a, a romantic comedy. I wouldn't I know want there him was in a that. lot of films that he tried out for that would just like they would get all the way almost to the end and they would end differently like he was supposed to be in Dark Man as the main character. Yeah, and they and they didn't think he was. They didn't, they didn't think he was famous enough, which is yeah. funny because they then they cast uh, Liam Neeson, who wasn't nope. famous at the time either. Dark Man's excellent, though. I, I wouldn't change a fucking frame of that That's, movie. Uh, I, I he was in um, Escape from L.A. <laughs> yeah, as the it looked basically like Handsome Jack from Borderlands. If you're gamers. Um, are we to the, we're almost to the shed scene, right? Yeah. We're, we're coming okay. up on it. I, you know what I'm alluding to, right? Yeah. I, I think it's we should do, I think ever. we should do our second shot just to yes, Bruce Campbell. Um, I'll let you know, like out of every celebrity, he's literally in my top three. If I could meet them just to say thank you, I'd pay just to say thank you. You know what he would say? I don't give a shit. Yeah, I know. And it's and, and you would, but you, it and doesn't you, mean you would, to him. You would love it. You would love him. Yes, for I would it because he's so cool. He just doesn't care. He's he's horror James Dean. Oh my god! Thankfully, he had a much longer career. Well, in life, <clears throat> more importantly. <laughs> well, you didn't wait on me, Dick. <laughs> but. Mm. I got a wife and kids, man, waiting for wussies. You take what you can get when you can. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Do you know if it's... Because that looks real. 
And then the first one, or the second one, when the camera, the, the force, comes through the window and hits Bruce. <laughs> Legitimately. Like, it breaks his freaking jaw in real life. Yeah. And I want to know... Was it this one? This is also one of those things where you can tell he was getting ripped because, like, look at his freaking neck. Ah, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think that's actually in the first movie. Mm-hmm. I knew that, it was that, one that of those. Happens. But I mean, I admittedly I, I could be wrong on that. Uh, this year is going to be a big year just for Evil Dead across the board. Uh, right. We're going to have Evil Dead Rise, the new film, and this is going to be, you know, a, a Ashless uh, film. How how do you feel about Evil Dead films not including the character of Ash? Okay, this was a huge thing for me, and I know it was for you because you fighting Fat Tony every step of the way, and then eventually, like I'm I'm on Fat Tony's side because I went um, went and stayed with my friend Jordan at a cabin, and they had the new Evil Dead, and it was around Halloween. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll watch it. I will give it a shot. And it had already been out for a few years by that point, and I was genuinely surprised of how good I actually liked it. Of course, seeing Ash at the end was nice. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on that I love that movie. I'm going to disagree on... Because if you're going to call the movie Evil Dead and no subtitle, don't fucking put Ash in there. Now, yes, technically, I've seen it. But I was so fucking drunk, I don't remember there was, anything about it other than the very beginning of the movie. And I think, from just my perspective, you cut the, the beginning of that movie off and let you figure out things with the characters, it's a more entertaining if movie. If you went and, like, apparently they shot an ending where it's very similar to the Evil Dead one, where at the end of it, the Force claims our heroine, slash hero, um... And they thought that would be way too dark after what this bitch went through. <laughs> Fuck her, though. The main hero is that guy, the blonde guy, who gets the shit kicked out of him the entire film, a la Ash almost. Like, he gets stapled and shot with guns and shit. It's crazy. Um, And he, like, he's the guy that should have gotten the happy ending, not her. But, yeah, I, I, I see why you not want to... I like here, it. here, I like here's it. my thing. I, I, I'm, I've made my peace with its existence. It's good, but having Bruce in it to literally show up and say "groovy," that's a fucking cock tease that amounts to nothing. We got and the I, TV show afterward. We that's true, but you still would have got that if if his cameo had not been in the movie. I don't know. I, I do know because it was know. predicated on it uh, succeeding to, you, to get it. You know how many like cocktails we've had with Evil Dead over the years? Like Quite. everyone thought he was going to be in fucking Mortal Kombat because he was recording for a thing and it ended up being goddamn Dead Daylight, Dead by Daylight or something like that. Yeah, I hate that game. I like what it does for horror. If you like the game, cool. It's just not for me. I prefer the Friday the Thirteenth game. Nobody. I, I I don't like it at all. You just spend your time fixing it's generators. Really boring. It's boring. My my thing is though, tree rape. Evil Dead is Ash. It's, yeah. It is like, could you do Black Sabbath without Tony Iommi? You could, but it's 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 that in name only. And the Evil Dead movie, the remake, it's like yeah, it has a lot of the hallmarks that 
especially that I like about the first movie. And I applaud them for going in the horror direction rather than the horror comedy. Mm-hmm. But two, I don't two things made horror comedy. Two things. Either call it Evil Dead with a subtitle or don't have Bruce Campbell in it at all. Well, when did Evil Dead 2 get the the Dead by Dawn moniker? It wasn't originally released like that. Uh, it's, it's just like the the female Ghostbusters that came out. It had a sub uh, an after thing after it came out and was released on DVD is when they added Afterlife to it. You mean, but it wasn't you mean answer the call? Same thing with um Star Wars and then Star Wars New Hope. The as far as Dead by Daylight, I I think that's just a regional thing. Uh, I I to my knowledge, it was always had a subtitle. It just may not have had a subtitle. Well, it doesn't use the subtitle in the film. Yeah, but that's that's not necessarily uh, the case because uh, a lot of films you don't see the subtitle in oh, the. Uh, I wonder if these pieces of paper are still out there somewhere. Like a collector has them or something. I, I would almost guarantee you that they were so cool. Probably thrown in the I fucking garbage. It, yeah. In fact, you know, you want to know something? Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but later on in the movie, uh, the the finale of the the. Basically, the big bad that um, we have to watch, or whatever you're showing me. Right <laughs> I think now. what you're about to say, I have. Um, but the apple head, or whatever the hell it's we, called. We it. have this this giant, uh, wonderful animatronic monster. Could that, you imagine that being in your haunted, coming well, through a room or something? Well, you might want to preface that being that the thing was so large, the crew didn't yeah. have the means to take it back, so they just left it, and it. Sort of, you know, no, no one knew where it was. Well, it ended up in a in a haunted house somewhere in like North Carolina, Wadesboro, North Carolina. Well, there you go. Um, what a fucking cool thing to have in your haunted house. I mean, like fucking. Could you imagine being the one stumble upon that motherfucker in the woods? If you, depending on the time of day, that could either be an absolute joy or a fucking myself. nightmare. Because if you're walking around, it's a little bit foggy outside. Oh There's a God. giant fucking demon head crawling out of the ground. You're That's why I kept calling out. They call it the rotten apple head for some fucking reason. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, I I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but uh, my my day job, my, the, the haunted house that I work at, year-round haunted house. Uh, we got a couple of new rooms uh, coming soon, and I've been you know designing these things. One of them is sort of a. Uh, yeah, it's sort of a black mask. You don't have to do a third. I'm going to do a third. I will do a third, but I'm going to do it a little later on. Okay. Um, but we have sort of a black mass uh, ceremony going on, and I threw the uh, Necronomicon in that scene. Uh, do you have the Kandarian dagger? No, I do not. Oh, Actually, you got to make one. It would be nice to have our uh, our robed figure holding it, though. Um, I, years ago, uh, for one of the years of Fright Nights, uh, which is our annual event we do during the month of October, we did a movie year and yeah. I, had, and I took this prop where it's a, it's a book that will, it's got a mechanism that makes it like fold in and out mm-hmm. and on its own to make it look like it's possessed. Well, it took cotton and latex and I built it up on the front to make it look like the Necronomicon. So I that, I was still there. That's when I, I played Jason. I've got that. Uh, yeah, that's right. And that... I hit that one guy. You want to uh, tell, tell that story? Oh, yeah. Like, 
So I wanted to play Jason. That's my dream. Um, I love Jason, but I would. I'm I'm a fairly short fellow. I'm five nine, and Jason, you know, is not. So like, we were trying to figure out a way because I wanted to like wear boots or something, be taller. And no, Brandon like kind of cheap way. So they put me up on this little pedestal. So I was like six seven, and I was in the dark in this maze area. And these dude bros came in, and just that we saw these little like lights. Um, fiber optics, and he just kept stabbing me in the mask, and eventually I broke character, the only time I did all week, and, or all month, and basically said, you know, you need to keep moving, and all his friends were like, let's go, let's go, and then he's like, stuck in my eye, and went to hit me, and so I grabbed the back of his head and kneed him in the face, and shattered his nose all over his new bros, <laughs> blood went everywhere, and I remember uh, we called down to the guy working the booth, and we're like... Uh, there's probably a problem, and then he called up and said something like, yeah, they were very apologetic to me, so I don't know what you did, but it looked messed up. It it was one of those times where if anything had happened, I was just going to plead ignorance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're telling. Scott was on vac- uh, vacation during that time. He was he was in the bathroom, yep. voiding his bowels from having Taco Bell earlier. There you so. go. That's what we do. But I would have I would have I would have had you back on that. Swallow um, there when I was there. It was, it was interesting. God forbid, but Ooh. If, if the role of Ash were ever to be recast, Mm-mm. don't don't say who, that. Who do you who do you think if you had to choose somebody, who would you choose? Modern or of that time? Let's say modern, uh, because obviously he was not recast. You can't. I I will stand by firmly and say you can't. Uh, if you you hit me on that with out of nowhere. Give me a minute. Well, yeah, we do mine. You can think. Oh, about you it. have one. I'm not saying to this place. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying that this is a perfect the choice. Guardian Dogger. But if I had to choose it, um, he's a, he's a little too old. But I do think that he possesses a lot of the characteristics that could make a reinterpretation of Ash work, and that being Sam Rockwell. He's got. He's got uh He's a great actor. He's got the great he's got, you know, sort of a similar look. Was that he was the guy from Moon? He's in Moon, yeah. Yeah. He was a villain in Iron Man Two. Um Hammer. He played Hammer. Yeah, Justin Hammer. He, he's, Jesus. he's he's a terrific actor. I, he's a little on the short side. I don't but I think you could you could play up the whole uh, you know, little man syndrome. He's great got great comedic timing. He's really good at line. I just don't know if he could do the physical shit that Bruce was going to do. I'm going I'm to tell you, he could do it. Whether or not he could do it as well as Bruce, I mean, obviously we'll never know. And I hope we never have to know. Mm. But if I had a gun to my head, if I had to choose somebody, that's who I'd choose. Or, if you wanted to go into a completely different direction with it, my choice would be Matt Berry. Matt Berry being... Uh, that is. Well, uh, you probably know him as Laszlo from uh, What We Do in the Shadows. I know oh him from. Oh my god! I know him from a myriad of uh, things that he did on the BBC. Uh, one being Douglas Renham from the IT Crowd. It would be it would be a completely different interpretation, and and I think if you're going to do it, you you have to sort of do something different because Bruce is he's now he's so, he's so synonymous with the character that. At that point, it's, like, well, what do you do? God, dude, it's honestly Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Perfect. Um, a lot of people say Hugh Jackman Wolverine. I don't. Sorry, guys, I don't think Hugh Jackman's a perfect Wolverine. He earned the respect, though. But uh, he is Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. 
that he's perfect. There's never going to be another one that plays this character like this. All right, fine. And I, agree, as I, agree, much. I agree with you, but go oh. into your head and you have to choose somebody right now. Five seconds or a bullet. I can't. If you do, do it, then my brain will just drain, dude. Do it, bitch. Do it. Do it, bitch. Do it, bitch. I can't. Do it, bitch. I, no, it, I will bitch. fucking get shot because now you put me on the spot. Uh, um, you're no fun. If just, you honestly give me time by the end of the film, I will tell you just somebody tell me, modern. Just say J.J. Walker or some shit so we can move on. They don't mind. I'll use a cop out and you'll get mad. I'll just say Jensen Ackles. No. No. The Who plays the kid and the boys? The normal Huey, the normal guy. I, he's got he can deliver serious and emotional and be comedically perfect at once I, I don't see him being like getting ripped for the role or anything but he was supposed to be a normal guy the only the only uh, you're, 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 talk, you're, not, eh, you're not talking about Carl Urban are you no Huey he's just I, the regular guy I, who gets sucked into all the madness cause I was gonna say cause Carl Urban's got the look oh Carl Urban's he'd be a good Wolverine um uh, but yeah, I uh, the guy that plays Huey, if anybody knows, shout it out in the comments after you listen to this episode and call me an idiot, but I think he would be pretty good at being that line basically between Ernest P. Whirl and fucking Ash. Um, oh my god, uh, Jim Varney. <laughs> for, for, if Jim Varney were still alive. Could, okay, Indiana. actually, Ernest, Ernest goes, Ernest goes to... Tell. <laughs> Could you? Uh, I mean, he th- went to prison. He fought trolls. This movie, this movie, but with Ernest in it, does it still work? It still works. That's it's that perfect line because you'll have all this chaos and saying he will be the comedic relief. He's he will be the straight man in a world of chaos. I've never wanted to see oh a movie my God. as badly. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> Man, this blood it points this blood looks just like straight up Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid, yeah. And then in this shot, it's obviously not the Evil Ash shooting things out of out of sequence. Uh, le- oh my god, he's gonna ultimate warrior slammer. No, he didn't grab him by the dick. <laughs> Broke her back though. <laughs> Make her humble. Humble. Um We're gonna get Bruce in the role of Ash one final time, that being the video game that's coming up. How hyped are you for this video game? Uh, my friend Stevie played the the beta and said it wasn't that good, but you know what? I don't fucking care. It's a beta. It Friday the 13th had a lot of problems, but I still had a lot of fucking fun with Dude, it. Not I, as much as you did. I still I still but, play Friday the 13th on a regular basis. That game broke as fuck. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to buy it. I'm going to pre-order it. I'm also going to buy it physically so I can date like, you know, show it off in my display case because it's 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 Ash. It's Evil Dead. It's I get to play we, as King Arthur. <laughs> we uh we didn't mention it when it happened, but uh the the locket, which is sort of this uh this uh what you call it, Chekhov's gun? Well, it's, 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 shows a, off. it's a it's a it's a callback to the first first film to show the emotional connection he has with Linda. Mm. But before he picks it up, if you notice the chain, the way it's draped on the floor, it's it's, it's made to look like a skull. It's a yeah. nice little little subtle subtle thing. I, I I enjoy that. What do you think about the, the dichotomy, uh, which it really comes more into play in the third movie of you know, Ash sort of uh, against himself, 
you know, the good side and then this this evil that's sort of trying to overtake him. Do you think Bruce handles the, the oh, dramatic weight of it? Oh, yeah. And uh, that's movie especially where you're just playing this this demonic being. Uh, he goes full tilt on, like, just busting out. Like, I mean, he always does. But I know in those contacts they were, they were basically solid glass or yeah, solid glass, you, so you can't see shit. No, they're, they're completely and in the dark, figuratively, you literally. You can tell. That they couldn't tell, but he was just, he doesn't know where the camera is, but he does. And so he's, he's working for the camera, but still say it's, it's so damn good. It's so damn good. That's the, that's what adds more uh, to what I was saying uh, earlier about like that he should have been, or at the very least could have been a, a, an A-list actor because he's proving in this movie, even though like it's, this is a full on just ridiculous three stooges and Looney Tunes routine. There's moments where you're getting to see like legitimate acting from him. And that's what bothers me so much. Like if you watch Brisket County Jr., like it's a, it's a stupid show. It's a dumb, it's a dumb Western with like very slapstick and then a slight hint of supernatural overtones to it. But you know what? It's actually really, really good. And you get to see Bruce step out. I'd say that character, Briscoe County, and the character he played, uh, the King of Thieves, and Xena, and... Jack of all, you're talking um, about Jack of All Trades. Yeah, that character. Fucking, he got to act, and it was awesome to see him. And you want to tell me what the smoke is? Did you know what this uh, shit is? It's actual, like, smoke. They, they... Uh, it's tobacco smoke. Yeah. They had a fucking tube because they wanted to smoke a lot because it's supposed to be old or whatever and been through a lot of shit. And so he had a tube. And so Sam was behind him blowing smoke from a cigarette. By the way, that was the first time he said groovy in in the series. We Uh, missed the the shed scene where he says it. And it's the most ridiculous overdub thing ever. So much so that Whenever he came in to escape from L.A., they, they had the very st- first thing that Kurt Russell said when he walks up to him was say, like, yeah, say uh, Tool Shed or something like that. <laughs> Safety Shed, whatever the fuck was it. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, um, Evil Dead 2 rests mostly on the shoulders Lord of Bruce shit. Campbell, but, but we do have some great additions to the cast. Um, we have Annie, the character of Annie, played by Sarah Barry. Um, Sarah only has two acting credits. She has this and... Chud too, Bud the Chud. <laughs> so she nailed it. There's only, nothing better she could have too. Only honestly. only home runs from uh, from Sarah Barry. Um, we have the character uh, Richard Damier playing the role of Ed. Um, mm. He's had a, a very successful career. He was in Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox, who was in Back to the Future with Crispin oh Glover, who was in Charlie's Angels with Bill Murray. You just got busted. He was in the Unnameable Twos and Girl Interrupted, which was directed by James Mangold, who was who directed Copland, which starred uh, Robert De Niro, who was in Mad Dog Glory, with Bill Murray, who was in Ghostbusters. You just got busted. Couldn't again. you have gotten their fashions going through Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi? I could, but I chose I chose <laughs> to, to make it more interesting. Yeah, you got to go for yourself. I understand. Feeling time here, God, come on. <laughs> Why would you need to? The movie's awesome. With this ain't like watching. I don't know. Now, most people would know Richard from QVC. I can remember the moment that I realized that a guy from Evil Dead 2 had another job. And it was, I want to say, like 1998... I'm I'm watching QVC. You know why I'm watching QVC? I need to know. 
Because Sting was on there, oh and they were and ninety eight. as himself, Steve Borden, selling fucking WCW merchandise. So he wasn't even in gimmick. No, he wasn't. Why? And they, they, they had call ins. Was he tan? He was tan. Damn By that right. point, he had to be. They wouldn't Country let him be champion right. until he got tan. That's a deep cut. Yeah, but um, I was watching it, and I was at my grandmother's house. And dude, the I racist called. grandma? Yes, my racist grandma. Hell yes. And I called so many times. I was trying to get in. I was trying to get in because I wanted to talk to fucking Sting so fucking bad. <laughs> That's where but, it's like every, <laughs> past the first minute, every damn minute's like a two cents, like 20 cents or something. I don't give a Jesus fuck. Jesus Christ. I don't give ah! a fuck. But. It's there, the dead hell bully. I had had QVC on pretty much throughout that day because I didn't know exactly when it was going to start, but I knew it was going to start. Back, back in those days, um, you had to watch TV when it actually you came had on. TV guides, but still, I I didn't have access. Did you have the Goldberg TV guide? I did not because I'm oh. not a loser. Um, anyways, so throughout the course of the day, this guy comes on. Not when Sting was on there, but a different point. And I'm like, where do I know this guy? And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my God, that's Ed. No, fuck. It's Ed well, it's fucked up. Like, that's, you would have had to log on the internet for like 30 fucking minutes to be able to search for that. There's no I just, way. I you just, there was no internet. You knew it. I knew it. You just I, knew it. I knew it. Because, I mean, you look at him and you, <sighs> there's no denying that hair. He's yeah, got, he has very interesting hair. He's, he's uh, you know, uh, you know. Here comes Ted. Hey, yeah. Oh, boom. Good stuff. Good but. I just thought that, that was, it's really cool that like, sometimes pe- people people are talented and they find a niche for themselves and like, I guarantee you that like, he's made more money, because he's, to my knowledge, he's still on QVC, he's made more money Jeez. from being on QVC than he ever would have been going on countless auditions and, mm-hmm. and stuff, but I mean, he still acted fairly consistently throughout his career. It's just he had this, you know, this backup gig, and I'm sure it's probably uh, living comfortably. Yeah, that's uh, that's all you need, really. <laughs> and, I, and you can see the, the there fucking, is the sweat yeah. pours out of her ear because like that entire body is basically rubber and pro, uh, prosthetic, isn't it? Like, so it's just one giant rubber foam, mold just, and foam. It's just foam rubber. So, uh, and they're in the middle of North Carolina, guys. So, oh, look how ripped he is now. <laughs> Well, his, his arms are exposed, so he's got a got a There is guys. a line. Uh, well, I, well, I'll cover it whenever we get to Evil Dead uh, Army of Darkness. But like something I quote in every video game ever. <laughs> if you if you think hard enough, it's a pretty obvious line, but it's obvious. Oh, God, he kicks her right. Look in, how big he is. He kicks her right in the gun. He made uh, Sam made him hit Ted for real a couple times because he he wasn't selling it good enough. We need we need the shot. I love. Oh this. God. See, we get the climation and stuff in this one, and then on the next one we get the pure Harryhausen effect, where it's just beautiful. Yeah, like, like uh, the entire you, I mean, you, end. You, you, full full Jason the Argonauts fighting it's skeletons. Amazing, and, stuff. and I watch a uh, show. I like, mean, this is pretty much straight yeah. up Harryhausen right here. It's amazing, and it's there's things that aren't there, and it's just a guy basically with a stick saying, "This is what you're fighting," and then <laughs> you go for it. And it's just insane to me that... But to me, even though, like, I heard someone... If it was made today, this would be fucking CG. It would be completely CG. And that's what bothers me. It's like, this looks awesome. Look at the drool. I agree. It's amazing. But, like, I heard someone uh, sum up 
CG in a way that I that I found really satisfying. Yeah. They said that practical effects look fake but feel real, and CGI looks real but feels fake. And I think that that's probably not a hundred percent true, but in broad strokes, I think that that's the case because even though like this does not look real, swallow this. It, it feels real because you're because you know it's there. Yeah, maybe it's it's our. It's a subconscious thing, you think? Where it's like, you know when you see something CG, and then you know that they didn't have CG, so it's real. Well, I mean, I think eventually we're... I mean, technology will probably get to a point where it is, it's... We're getting to that point now. We are called the Uncanny Valley yeah, effect. Yeah, where it's just it's not going to be... I don't like it. ...discernible, but... I just... I don't think that the magic of filmmaking is ever going to be... The same as when it's like it's done in camera, whether by the blood, the sweat, and tears and determination of somebody, rather than when you have time for someone to sit at a computer. My only option that I would ever throw out is like the perfect example. There's one that's gonna be old miniatures. I love this shit. Um, Jurassic Park. It's the perfect amalgamation of both. Yeah, that's early CG because you're you're using CGI. To hide the imperfections of, and that's what I think practical. it should be used for. That's what it should be used for. I mean, it's not like I wish the last Starfighter <laughs> didn't use CG at all. And that's one of my favorite movies as a kid it growing was, up. It and was it was groundbreaking. I watched at it the, the first time it came to Blu-ray, and uh, guys, it doesn't look like it does when you're a kid. <sighs> Still love the movie though. Um. Let's, or in the let's, climactic final scene. Let's really, uh, before we move on, let, let's talk about uh, Ed. One one final thing is in terms okay. of his deadite. Um, when I think when you think about Evil Dead in terms of the deadites, there's really only two that like like really stick out. There's Henrietta, that's and then, then there's Ed. Which which of those is, to you is the more iconic deadite? <sighs> I'm gonna say Henry. If I didn't know. All about Ted Raimi's suffering, I would say Ed, but Henrietta, because I love the flowers wilting and the streak of gray as the the, the evil force finally manifests. Even, but even though it's not consistent in the next shut movie. Shut up. Uh, shut up. He has the gray when he first went off. Um, but it's not. It's it, not it that, dies it's, out it's, as he gets. It's not that stark. Shh. Ah, oh, and there's where the hand returns. I'm going to. came back to literally as stab a, them in the back. That's a. It's. <laughs> That's that's comic gold. That's fucking comic gold. So, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, I should have. Uh, but, um, actually, no, I'll, meet, I'll move on, and I'll bring that up later. Um, Go ahead. To me, Ed is the most... Uh, I think if you look at the way their faces model, I think every dead eye after that, like they tried to go for that. I almost evil Ash too in this. They I, have a way they I want love, the Oscar to look. I love Henrietta, but I all I can see is Ted Raimi. That's and Ed to me is a more fully realized character. I love them both evenly though. Um, the 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 redneck guy, guy Dan Hicks that's Jake mm-hmm. um, Maniac Cop Intruder Darkman Wishmaster Spider Man Two Two Thousand One Maniacs also in My Name Is Bruce and he's in a couple of low budget flicks called Pork Chop and Pork Chop Three D they're both fucking terrible don't watch them but watch the rest of them <laughs> yeah the rest oh, of them I love that uh, Dan unfortunately Souls passed away 
in uh, 2020. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and per his wishes, uh, his ashes were spread at sea. And evidently, for them to be able to do this, because it was 2020, they had to go through a lot of fucking shit. But they, but they did it, huh. and um, I'm. It's, oh, it's, it's a nice, shit. it's a nice sentiment that they that it got done. Um, it's nice that they did that for him. He's, I mean, we didn't talk a lot about him in the movie, but but he's great. His, his for being his first real acting, gig, this is awesome. Like just getting thrown in there, and we need you to play this guy. He's not got very much of a story, but you're gonna do be this character. Red, redneck cowardice is yes. always is always uh, fun in a movie. Mama Joe. Uh, Bobby Joe is played um, by a woman named Cassie DePavia. I'm probably mispronouncing that. She probably has the most extensive career of everybody other than Bruce. 823 episodes as Blair Kramer on the soap opera One Life to Live. Then she did another 40 episodes in 2013 for its revival. Wow. Then she was in 343 episodes of Days of Our Lives God. as Eve Donovan. Now, Cassie wasn't the original choice to play Bobby Joe. Do you know who that was? Sam's roommate at the time. Uh, I can't you're, remember her you're, name. You're close. Sarah? Holly Hunter. Holly yeah, and that would be... I'm going to say Sarah Summers. <laughs> that would be future Academy Award winning yep. actress Holly Hunter. I know the reason why she wasn't cast is because they didn't think she was attractive enough as Bobby Joe, which was hilarious looking back now. Yeah, well, I mean... Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but looking back, it's still a bit fuzzy. Ah, I see what you did there. We're making some all, all sorts of uh, heavy metal references on the podcast we're recording today. We can't help it. Well, it's just it's our, we it's our DNA. There goes the classic. So that's one of the scenes they actually dropped the car, and they had him jump off a thing at the same time, and he tried them to their best to get them to switch to the real car. He even switched them on the lot <laughs> himself to get them to drop the real car, and they wouldn't do it. Oh, Bruce! When I, it got dropped, he realized it wasn't the right it's, one. It's funny. And I, I applaud your efforts to get it done, but I'm kind of glad that you were unsuccessful. <laughs> so this this ending, it it clashes a little bit with the opening of yeah. Army of Darkness because they're they're more they're more in praise. He's of about the, to be revered instead of feared, yeah. and then in the next one, they just hey look at this guy. This is uh, such an iconic shot, though. Man, those mat lines are <sighs> as thick as well. Not really, not really there. But the shot before that, those mat lines are thick. But I still love it. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about the next movie too. Like, so, just, I wish we could afford both. Well, so, where do you uh, um, uh, Entertainment Weekly in their top fifty cult films of all time? Where do you think they rank this movie? Entertainment Weekly did a cult film list. Yep. Top ten, number nineteen. Oh God, what what was number one then? You I don't know? know, but it wasn't Evil Dead Two. It should have been. What would you say is the number one cult film of all time? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Son of a bitch! I can't even argue with that. I love this ending. I really alluding to the future episode with the Army of Darkness. I like this sense of like hopelessness when we're talking about endings. We're like, it's... the world's saved, but he is in hell. <laughs> oh, it's it's right, so goddamn so, good. So just overall thoughts, like 
Evil Dead 2, uh, how many times do you think you've seen this movie over the oh, years? Oh, Jesus. It, uh, my son loves this film. It's one of my, ah, it's one of my go-tos. If I find it, I, I own it, of course, but if you find it streaming, it's one of those, oh, crap, I gotta put that on my list immediately, and then just, oh, crap, Drunk Scott wants to watch some Bruce. There you go. And uh, Drunk Scott's a very common thing, so I watch this movie a lot. Probably... Not as much as Army of Darkness, because I don't know. Actually, I probably have seen this more than Army of Darkness. Wow. There's something about the perfect balance of, like, the horror the horror, and the gore. The horror and the gore. And it's just... This movie's so much fun, and you always catch something new. It wasn't until I was watching part of it for uh, getting ready for this podcast that I saw the skull for the first time in the necklace. Yeah, well, isn't it amazing how... When you're watching something for other than entertainment purposes, you notice things. Because it, since doing this podcast, it has completely recontextualized a lot of films that yeah. I absolutely love because I have to look at them from a different perspective. Um, some for the better, some for the worse. But I mean, that's, 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 that's the <laughs> That's the nature of the beast. I, I, can, I can tell you that I, I've seen Howard Burger, Robert Gordon, Great Nature, all of them. All of them. can be. I've, I've seen this movie. I mean, on minimum, a couple of hundred times. And that's probably being, you know, on no, the... No, you, that's probably really low end. Yeah. Uh, this was constant viewing back in the VHS days. I just, you know, growing up and, you know, you wanted to see something, you know, you're, you have friends over for like a weekend or whatever, and you want to rent a couple of movies. Like, this was a... It's this, a fun. This it's is a, a movie that, like, you, you, yeah. you wanted to ex- expose people to, and it, even if it was a movie that they had seen before, you knew they were going to enjoy it. So I think that's going to wrap us up. We're going to be back later this month with another episode of Rants After Dark. Yeah, we're doing two Rants After Dark this month. We're going to be back with Army of Darkness. I'm so excited. Uh, Looking forward to this as well. It's actually been a while since I've watched it. Um, It's been about six months for me. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, doing some research and uh, watching it again, uh, both in preparation and in uh, execution for the There's some of these episodes that feels like... Oh, I gotta, I gotta get ready and in a mood to watch the film. I can put these movies on anytime and enjoy them every time. Like this was not a chore or anything. Look, fake chimps. Um, <laughs> I looked forward to this episode. I'm looking forward to the next one. Ah, uh, this is so much fun. All right, guys. Uh, please follow the podcast on social media at Rance Black Lodge. Stop by our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. Buy a t-shirt, a mug, or a sticker from our web store at RantArmy.com. And we'll see you guys later in the month. Till next time, Rant Army, keep, keep marching. marching.